Hey guys, Josh Klein here. It is what it is. Is coming up right after the theme song, but just wanted to give you a quick reminder that if you are listening to this, that means that you are the best person in the world and you need to go onto iTunes or Google Play or Spotify or however you're listening to this podcast. Make sure you rate us five stars, subscribe, review us. Tell us what nickname you might give Zach in that review and maybe we'll read it in next week's episode. In about 30 minutes, you'll hear uh, Luis Moreno Jr. from the Panther Spanish Radio Network give Zach a sweet nickname as well. What is it going to be? You're going to have to listen and find out because here we go. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the It Is What It Is podcast. We are excited that you are here. We took a little bit of a break because it was the off season and the big dog wanted to go on vacation. And now that the big dog is back, sitting right to my left, about 90 degrees, is my good friend, ringleader of the Roaring Riot, Zach Luttrell. Welcome back. Hey, the the question I have though is: Is it really a vacation when you are out with two kids under two, under three years old? Because uh, <laughs> it sure didn't feel like one. I needed it was I needed the vacation from the vacation when I got back. Yeah, I feel like you were sending me texts at like six fifteen in the morning, and it's like, bro, that is not vacation. I've been up for an me. hour at that point. Yeah, no, exactly. At least we've gotten into a point where you don't text me bright and early in the morning. I'm a little bit, uh, you know, you realize I'm not going to wake up until about 730. Um, welcome to the podcast. My name is Josh Klein, managing editor of the Riot Report. Uh, we already introduced Zach, so you know who he is. Say something beautiful into the microphone, Zach. Hello again. That's him again. Uh, and joining us in studio, we are very happy to have uh, direct from the Panthers Spanish Radio Network, Luis Moreno. Luis, welcome. All right. Hola. How you doing? Thank you for having me. And before anything else, it is what it is, isn't it? Isn't that trademarked already? No. Are you allowed to use it? I'm just asking. I'm just saying. Let's not get caught up on crazy details. We started here in 2010 with the Spanish radio. So we've been here since Foxy. So we know where some of these phrases come from. I'm just trying to look out for you guys. We'll send that to our attorney and we will get to the bottom of that immediately. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I think we're going to be okay. But John Fox, he's a regular listener and he's he's sent me a bunch of emails that are uh he approves yeah yeah he writes emojis that approve (laughs) he's very very emoji centric i I know i know he's he's very social media savvy you wouldn't think that about john fox but he's always all the time it's mostly poop emojis i don't know why it is what it is (laughs) yeah it is what it is that's basically what it is and the the emoji with the i heard he's in a group with belichick and popovich i don't know if it's true but i heard those three guys have a little uh, whatsapp <laughs> I would yeah. give literally a hundred thousand dollars to read a group text between Bill Belichick, John Fox, and Greg Popovich, just mostly about how much they hate everyone. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Uh, well, Luis, welcome. Um, Thank you. We wanted to bring you in because obviously there's just a ton of stuff happening in in Pantherland, but we were just talking off air. Uh, pull back the curtain a little bit about you're heading down to Mexico pretty soon, right? Correct, correct. Starting uh, April the 5th, we're going for four days from the 5th till the 8th. Uh, this is going to be probably our sixth or seventh year doing this. This is a football camp we do with us personally. We do with retired football players, most of them from the Carolina Panthers. In years past, we've taken Eugene Robinson, Frank Garcia, Dre Blyde, 
Musim Mohammed, Jeff Schwartz. And then along a few years ago, starting in 2016, we, we've had an addition, another group that, that joins us down there that has some active Dallas Cowboys players, and they're not as bad as you would think. <laughs> uh, Demarcus Lawrence, Tyron Crawford. We got to, to, to visit with uh, Greg Lloyd, Tony Casillas, Ed Tuttle, Jones, Drew Person. So a lot of, a lot of legends and, and as well as a lot of good Panther players that go down there do football camps for kids that otherwise would not have any chance to to meet these guys and interact with some NFL legends. And how many kids are, are usually at the... Anywhere between 2,500 to 3,000. Oh, wow. A, it's Woo. a three-day camp, yeah. and uh, we do them at the university. The last two last three years, including this year, we're going to be doing it in Querétaro, which is a city about two hours from Mexico City. Okay. Very safe. There's a, there's a safe buffer of time, a distance between Mexico City and, and Querétaro. And Querétaro is also known as a neutral city. Uh, a lot of money, so there's a lot of rich kids that go to universities there. So it's kind of one of those safe, safe cities. Yeah, it sounds like you're talking negatively about Mexico City. That's one of my favorite cities. Though. Oh no, it's great. I know there's, I, you can obviously drive ten minutes down the road and go through four. Well, five no, different and areas. I wasn't really referring it more to Mexico City, but to more there's others. There's other cities where they have bad reputation. Like sure. right now, you know, somebody came out. I think it was the Department of Transportation came out with this five cities or states in Mexico that. They, they, they warned you not to go. And what mm. I'm saying is Querétaro is not one of those. Right, I got you. So, yeah. so the kids that are attending the camp, do they immediately become Panther fans after, uh, after I being think there? Most of the, well, yeah, especially when, when, you, when you get to interact with, with Frank Garcia, Eugene Robinson, <laughs> who are, are great teachers. They're great coaches. You know, they, they teach, they coach high school football, and, and, and you can almost write, and don't tell this to Frank because you know how big his head is, but <laughs> you can almost write the, rewrite the story of Charles Catholic before he got there and after he got there. So sure. that's how good of a coach he is. And... And I love Frankie like a brother. You know, I, I can I can be with him for about four or five days. Because you're a, you're a Catholic guy, right? Correct, yeah. correct. Yeah, I went to Shaw Catholic as well. So we got that in common. And but like I said, we love what Eugene and and, and Frank and when Kevin Donnelly was there last year, what they provide. Uh, we are known as not the flashiest guys to be down there, but the ones that that teach the best, the ones that that sort of approach it. As, as a camp and not maybe as a place to just you know sign sign autographs and get photographs and all that stuff right. because that's something that the fan base also wants but they are down there because they really want to teach the football the, sure. the, the game of football you know it's always seems like it's so mixed the response from uh, NFL fans about the the Mexican games and about the the games over in London you know but for me I, I just find it so fascinating and, and so interesting, and obviously a lot of it is based uh, or because of the Roaring Riot and trying to, to convert more Correct. Panther fans and find Panther fans. But you know, when I uh, these last two years, and, and you you know you've you've met the group as well um, that we have down in Monterey, Mexico. But just having the opportunity to to spend time with them to learn about how they've um, you know just become accustomed to the NFL and how they pick the Panthers and and what they do to follow and what their cultures are. Uh, you know, getting together for the games and then having them uh, you know these. Past two seasons come to charlotte for games yeah. uh, travel to away game trips with us you know sit with us in a big group i mean it's just it's to me it's an incredible experience and i, I love having those games and i'm glad they exist yeah and it's ob obviously the, the main factor for this success in mexico nfl wide and not just nfl because like we were talking before we, we we began today it's ncaa you have all, all kinds of football just been televised in Mexico. So they, they love 
whether it's the Oregon Ducks because of the 22,000 uniforms that they feature every year or whether it's Auburn <laughs> because <laughs> of... That is the official count, by the <laughs> way. Yeah. 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 They, they, they do I Beyonce up, style. I looked it up before coming up, okay? <laughs> nothing but okay. facts here. All right, I love it. <laughs> every quarter. Yes, yes. But and, and for the Panthers, I think that since Cam arrived, not just in Charlotte and the Carolinas, but in Mexico internationally, the Panthers have just gained so many more fans and 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 the fact that in 2015 this team was 15 and 1 and 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 we were the representative in the NF in the Super Bowl NFC representative the the, the team grew fan base wise worldwide especially in Absolutely. Mexico sure so, uh, you know we, we we make fun of the fact that we've been in existence our, our our broadcast our network spanish network has been in existence since 2010 but some people didn't know about it until 2015 and that's all as a result of of the success in, on the field how yeah. did that come about the the panthers spanish radio network you know coming to you yeah, and yeah. deciding to make that happen well it's it's ironic it, it all began in 2008 when the Texans brought their Spanish broadcast to, mm -hmm. to the Panthers to Panthers to Bank of America Stadium, and basically, the Panthers broadcast coordinator as well as some other people in charge were were kind of impressed of what they were bringing to the table, and coincidentally, one of the of, of the people in charge, uh, the the broadcast coordinator, which is Amy Martin, her her son. And Jamie, my partner, his son, plays soccer for North Mech. Oh. And they just met each other at one of the soccer games. And, you know, just, hey, I'm so and such, such. Uh, you know, I work for the Panthers. We, we do radio. We're interested. You're interested. Let's meet. It took about two years. And when Danny Morrison arrived, uh, basically four, four, four months later, everything was done. It, it, was, it was a blessing for us that Danny came to, to, to Charlotte and, and to, to the Panthers more than anything because he came from TCU, so he was exposed to the oh, Hispanic right. market. So he, it was a no-brainer for him, something that maybe initially took about two years to get the door open. As soon as to, uh, Danny was here, it, it, it was literally a matter of months. So it sounds like it was meant to be, right? Correct. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that uh, it's really interesting – so you, the Spanish radio kind of broke onto the scene with, was it the Cam Flip touchdown that kind of got the big? Well, I would say the original one that was that had a lot of followings and a lot of hits uh, social media-wide was in 2013 when Dominic Hickson catches that ball against the Saints mm -hmm. in yeah. Week 16. Mm -hmm. First time the Panthers get a playoff berth since the Cam Rivera era began. And I remember we, I mean, that was the first time that I kind of interfered with Jamie's call because it was such a big moment for us. You know, you got to take in consideration that our first year was 2010. Uh, John Fox's last year, uh, the year before the lockout, you know, the year before we, uh, the year that we had about five or six quarterbacks starting for the Panthers. So <laughs> that was a production, having to, to have a production for four quarters, especially when you won two out of 16 games and a lot of the games were out of reach by halftime. It was, <laughs> that's when we learned how to produce uh, a four hour, four and a half hour show. Sure. Yeah, yeah, so it's yeah. yeah. I mean, you have to fill a lot of time. It's not like you know watching a Brewers game where they're talking about you know what they uh, the the tour of the brewery that they went on, but it's stuff uh, you do have to kind of fill that time. Correct. And, yeah. And you guys are you're calling the games inside of the stadium, whether yes. they're home or away. Is that right? Well, the, uh, inside of our our booth, right? Because we're an independent, uh, we're, we're sort of independent from the Panthers in the sense that we own the rights to the broadcast. Oh, okay. Uh, we assume expenses everything else so for us it doesn't make sense to go every weekend because it, it's, it's a lot of money sure yeah um, and it's one of those things where it's worked for us from the beginning 
Uh, we have other things that we do during the week. So for us, having to get back at you know s- Monday morning sometimes would be a yeah, hassle. Absolutely. So this works out perfectly. So we do both away and home games from our booth, booth number four at Bank of America Stadium. Cool. Well, when do you think that the Panthers are going to be heading down to Mexico City? I don't... I, I would think... Well, the, the one thing I know... There, the, there were some some talks a couple of years ago when the Panthers were fifteen and one, and like I said, I think that they they, they grew the fan base down there. And I mean, Zach can tell you from the Roaring Riots, all the different chapters around the world, but especially in Mexico and Monterey and different cities that have grown, all stem off of that. It, it, you know, you guys when you guys came to the, the scene, what two thousand fourteen? So you're doing to me what everybody does to you. We've actually been <laughs> around for uh, this is our ninth or tenth year, really. Well, to be fair, 2015 was when we created the membership program, okay. right? So, yeah, so yeah. To answer your question, yes. to, we created the membership program, and then that caused the Panthers to go 15-1 and one that year. So yes, that's, that's def- that was definitely one of the reasons. <laughs> correct, correct. That was one of the reasons, one of the main factors. But, yeah, that was the year when, when the Panthers gained, and a lot of it, like I said, because you guys became more public, too, that year, and they realized that, hey, we have this huge fan base that's represented worldwide, and because of that, the Panthers were one of the teams in talks to go play in, in Mexico. And I think last year or two years ago, they were a big candidate. But I think that the fact that they had to go to Oakland, they had to go to L.A., and they had to go to Washington yeah, and back to back to California sure. where they stay there. I think that was the, the, the deal breaker for them. So they had to, they chose that or that was the election over going to Mexico. But I think it's going to happen in the next couple of years. I think well, now they're, they're you, slated for London inevitably, too. Right. They're one yeah. of the few teams that, that one of the three teams, it. I think, that hasn't gone to London. Yeah. 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 Uh, I think both of those would be amazing. I mean, you can best believe that if and when those happen, we're we're doing a roaring riot trip, and it'll be uh, it'll be bonkers. But um, you know, going back to what you were saying about the Panther fans and and, and our crew down there, um, the 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 group that we have in Monterey actually is our first full international chapter. And, and the way that we measure that is to be a full chapter, you have to have 25 paying members, a bar that's dedicated okay. to pay, playing the Panthers uh, sound and have the, you know, the best TVs Correct. on. And they were the first group, you know, we've, we've got members all over, the, all over the world and, you know, different, you know, different countries, big pockets in, in London and different places throughout Europe. But, uh, uh, Monterey, Mexico was the first international city to meet the requirements to become a full chapter, which is Incredible. Well, and you know, I think one of the reasons why Cam has something special about Monterey is because the first time Cam lost a game collegially, the first time ever, was when he was playing junior college. And the junior college team he played for was in Texas, and they played against one of the all-star teams in Mexico, and he lost that game. Hmm. And huh. of course, it was on, a, on an official game, yeah. but that was the first time Cam lost a college game in, in, in his career. Wow, that's interesting. So speaking of Cam losing games, let's look forward to next year. No, that's not it's not a good segue. <laughs> that is a terrible but, segue. No, but I, I but we had to get there. So uh so last week was the uh the NFL combine. Yes. So um the Panthers with the twenty fourth pick in the draft. Um you know what? Actually before we get to the draft, let's talk about free agency because that's coming up this Correct. week. Monday, we basically, legal tampering. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So uh, what do you see as the Panthers' biggest needs this offseason? Uh, just in general? Just in general, yeah. I, I, well, now that we know Jonathan Stewart is no longer with us, mm-hmm. I 
I personally think that Cameron Artis-Payne needs another opportunity to at least be featured in the in, in the preseason with the first team, especially that third game, to see how he can do it. I believe he can. I think the, the, his rookie year he, he, he showed some flashes, and I don't think he's, got, he's given the opportunity fully last year against Atlanta. I don't think that's a... It's a fair assessment of what he can provide. You don't think his his big issue is with pass protection? That's kind of what it seems like to me, is that from a running perspective, I think he's got it. Correct. I mean, not... But again, I think all that is repetitions. How many reps do you get a game? How many sure. times do you play? Um, and again, I'm not an expert. I just think that if, if they don't think he's the guy, then I think running back is, is somebody that can complement Christian McCaffrey, especially, uh, you know, apparently Nerve is not the type of guy that uh, that needs a, a big bruiser, but I do believe that you need somebody to complement Christian McCaffrey more than anything because I don't know if he can use it, can can take the tear and wear of twenty to twenty five attempts per game. So I think quarterback is uh, I'm sorry, running back is one of the the bigger the bigger issues to me right now. The other one, pass rusher, of course. Yeah, I think with Charles Johnson, uh, looks like you know he's gone. Uh, we don't know if Julius Peppers. We hope that he comes back. I think he. I, I believe the way he played last year. I believe he has another year. I know that all depends on his rehab from from shoulder uh, surgery. So we'll see. But then after that, you only have Wes Horton, Mari Addison, and then Brian Cox, who showed to me. I think that he has a lot of potential. But I do believe that they need to go out there and get somebody. Maybe not free agency, but in in, in the draft uh, safety. Maybe that's a position that mm -hmm. you, you might get somebody from free agency. That's another one. And, of course, wide receiver to me. Um, we still need that that fast guy. We might have it with, with Curtis Samuel and Demir Bird. One of them is, is the second-year player. The other one is coming back from an injury. So we'll see. So we need at least some more competition to, to make those guys get the best out of them. That sounds like a lot of holes to me. Yeah. Well, it's you know, it's it is interesting because for an 11-5 and five team, they yes. do have a fair amount of, like, what are they going to do at safety, question marks, as opposed to, like, you know, you look at some of the other playoff teams and they're kind of adding the finishing pieces, whereas it seems like the Panthers, they, they, they're almost there, but they still need a lot of those building blocks to make for another successful season. I mean, they don't have a starting safety right now. Yeah. If the season started tomorrow, that would be weird, but if it started tomorrow, <laughs> it would be starting, like, Colin Jones and Desmond Southward. Like, that's... Obviously, or, I mean, you got Mike Adams too, but I mean, sure, yeah, but I, I mean, Mike Adams, I think to me, he, he resembles more of a Roman Harper, uh, mm -hmm. uh, Charles Stillman, where he might help you on the field, but I think that his contribution is also m more effective in the locker room and in, in the classroom as well. Yeah, I think he shaves his head to hide the gray hair. Not that we have any examples <laughs> Listen, of anybody in this room doing not, that specifically. I cannot talk about anybody's hairline or lack thereof. Okay? I just wear a hat all the time. Yeah. Yep, well, that absolutely. Was my, that was my mistake, so I don't wear it anymore. <laughs> um, I, I think that I, I agree with you. I think that Defensive end and safety, I think they might be able to address those two in the draft. I think wide receiver, running back, the, these things are going to have to be – it's going to have to be a mix of the two. Now, Correct. Luis, do you think – are you of the opinion that they're going to go out, the Panthers are going to be making a big splash in free agency and signing one of these big well, guys? I, I think when you, when you take in consideration they have eight picks, mm -hmm. eight draft picks, two in the third round. Unless they can get a good deal, and, and now unfortunately, this are all, 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 most of these deals with exchanging veterans for for draft picks. There's already a structure, so there's no more. There, there's not a lot of give and take. There's you know, if you want a first round pick and it's you know top ten, this is what's going to cost you, sort of so, and, and so on. 
I would love to see somebody like Sammy Watkins. I would like to see somebody like Martavius Bryant. But those are, as somebody else used to be here before said, those are when you're shopping at Tiffany's. And I don't know. <laughs> I've never if, been there personally. Yeah, I haven't either. And I've gotten some some gifts, but not I haven't been there personally. <laughs> I think, that especially in the wide receiver position, if you can land a guy like that, I think somebody like Jericho Cotri was to this team a couple of years ago, a guy that is not only a, a great guy on the field, already a veteran, maybe he's not going to give you more than maybe 45, 50 receptions, but what he can contribute in the locker room, in the, the, in the classroom for all these different guys like Demir Bird, like, like even Funches, Curtis Samuel when he comes back from, from his injury. And then go and get maybe with that 24th pick, get a guy from Texas A&M or get the guy from Oklahoma State. Maybe you have somebody there that you, you, you think can, can help you day one. So when you, when you mentioned Jericho Country, and, and we've heard Coach Rivera say the same thing, you don't think it means from a literal standpoint of the type of receiver, but more or less having the veteran presence. Correct. Yeah, no, 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 not a, no, not a position receiver because Kotri was, uh, Cam used to call him Kotri because he was a 10-yard boom, turn around, always a first first catch. down machine. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Always, always. Including the Super Bowl catch. Yes. But I'm talking about somebody like that or somebody like Ted Ginn, somebody that maybe hasn't given the full opportunity, but he's been in the league for a long time. And maybe he needs, you know, just a different change of scenery, like it happened with Ted. Uh, Ted again, his 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 career in Charlotte had the Carolinas has been obviously better than anywhere else he's been. And I think maybe a guy like that, somebody that can help you with speed, because definitely that's something we need in that position is speed. So, so putting sound? together some of the uh, the the. Uh, conversations that we've heard and, and some of the uh, you know pieces we've seen from other people um, you know from the panthers.com and from yeah. the organization it feels like the panthers are going to be in play for one of those top guys but just judging by the overall market uh, some some teams that have you know much more cap room than the Panthers have and also a need at wide receiver position, it, it feels like the Panthers are going to be priced out for those guys, right? That's what it seems like to me. I mean, you look at you look at their – the Panthers are in the lower third of in the NFL space. in terms of cap space. So when you look at a guy like – when there's basically two high-end wide receivers and, you know, some you can argue about a guy like Jordan Matthews or your, your guy Dante Moncrief. There you go. Like – but Allen Robinson and Sammy Watkins, I've, to me, you have to think that some of these teams, the the Jets, the Browns. Definitely the Niners with their new quarterback. The Niners yeah. that have literally $100 million in cap space are just going to blow away what the Panthers can offer. No matter what, even if the Panthers offer a, a real you know, $11 million a year, why, are you, why would you sign with the Panthers when you could sign with the – 49ers for 15 a year you yeah. know it's it's hard to turn those things down and, and that's why I think you know, I would love to see Norwell come back and, and be that starting guard the starting left guard that he's been for the last couple of years and be just solid be the, the most consistent guy on that line but you know he, he he was a rookie free agent and he he really hasn't he's earned a lot more he hasn't earned the money that he deserves and I think now this is his his big opportunity so I, I and you saw I saw a quote from Herney a couple weeks ago I think it was last week where he said we got to be mindful and not spend too much money on the same position which kind of leads me to believe that it's a little foreshadowing right well yeah, co yeah. Cons yes and considering the fact that they paid Trey Turner 
at right guard, you got to take those positions as one. And right. if you spend on one side, you got to be more more mindful on the other side. Same thing for Star Latulule, right? I mean, they basically made their choice with Trey Turner and KK Short Correct. versus Norwell and Latulule. Funny, funny uh, story. Well, funny to me, and maybe not to anybody <laughs> else, but uh, Star's little brother Lowell mm-hmm. is coming out for the draft. Yep. And my entire my favorite moment of the entire combine was Lowell Latula. They came up to the podium. He was meeting the media. It's mostly Panthers guys there. And um, Bill asks him, uh, "Who's more talkative between you and Star?" And Lowell looks down and he goes, "I'm much more talkative than Star." The end. <laughs> Complete silence, and, and was, then just that was the end. And end of and again, sentence. Listen, and that those that sentence was probably more than Star would have told. Oh yeah, I, so I made he, the mistake. He wasn't lying. Yeah, I made the mistake when I first came into the Panthers locker room, like after a preseason game or something. I was like, I'm going to talk to Star. He had a great game. Star, how's it going? Good. Okay. All right. <laughs> Well, Not- he did prove he was more of a talker in the uh, the video clip that you guys shared when he kind of expressed his opinion on what it'd be like playing next to his brother, right? Yeah, he said uh, he said that he and Star have had a lot of conversations about which teams Star <laughs> might go to and which teams he might get drafted by, and it's like uh, that doesn't sound like a guy that's going to be staying in Carolina to me. Like the way that he was talking, I don't think that he. Was what like, if we end up on the Giants together? Yeah, exactly. It wasn't like, hey, come to Charlotte. I hope you get drafted by Carolina. It was more like, I could go anywhere, <laughs> and then you could get drafted by those guys. Well, and if you if you look at the depth at that position, especially you have more depth at the defensive tackle <laughs> position with Vernon Butler. He, he, he showed uh, as, as long as he can stay healthy, he, he can contribute a lot. Uh, he, he's, he's versatile. I think he just is a matter of him getting to, to learn the game better and now with Eric Washington as a DC I think his game is just going to elevate so I think that's the one thing you got to take in consideration because now you you do still have the opportunity to re-sign somebody like Amini Silatolu who is flexible versatile uh, for less money taking in consideration you got Tyler Mo- Taylor Moten sure you know you have him you have the rights to Tyler Larson who I mean he showed that he can especially now he this is going to be his, his, yep. his, his, his he's hopefully can can help one more year from from Ryan Khalil you know we'll see so I think there's a lot of potential but yeah there's a lot of holes maybe we do have a lot of good players but yeah we need some complementary players and in those in some positions we still need some starters yeah uh I I think we may disagree about Amini Silatolu's uh value at guard but um I I personally well and I I don't think just a guard I think in in my opinion it's a guy that can play the guard can also play tackle if needed and I think sometimes you do need somebody that is that versatile that has the experience in the NFL. Again, look at, you know, we didn't think much of Byron Bell in, in Carolina anymore, and then he went and started for another team. So you never know, like I said, with, with, a, new, with a new offensive coordinator, a lot of things can happen as well. It is interesting when you look at a guy like Byron Bell who was so – and even like Mike Remmers – is a great Correct. example. Well, Everybody hated Mike Remmers. And look how good he's And then he Minnesota. goes to Minnesota, and he's absolutely fantastic up there. I, I, it's always curious of, like, what's the change? It's the same thing that happened with Michael Ower. He came to Carolina after being kind of a bust in Tennessee. Uh, well, and in Tennessee, from what I hear, first, he, there were some injuries that he had that I don't think he was satisfied the way they were handled. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that he played a lot of his snaps injured. And it does take a toll on a guy, especially when you're playing left tackle. Yeah, and especially this, a big guy, right? He was a big guy, and, he, and it's not like he was 23 or 24 playing in Tennessee anymore. He's a guy that was a little bit older already. So 
uh, he comes here. He 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 reunites with his old coach, Coach Masco, a great guy, mm-hmm. uh, and and you know he he became Daddy O, and you know hate to see how how that ended, but you know it's it's a business. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I I think that. They're also, you know, in the draft, there are a bunch of guard and kind of those interior linemen. Correct. Guys like Billy Price, the Frank Ragnall. Hernandez, I think, is... Man, to me, that guy, if... I know that he's projected in the second round. I'm, I'm afraid that that guy's not going to be there in the second round. I agree. I've seen his stats, and he is he's a massive well, human and being. And he helped himself at the combine, too, Correct. Right? Oh, Correct. Yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Big time. He just... He looks like some of those guys... At the combine, thirty-seven they, reps. Yeah, some of them look like regular, regular football players, and then some of them stand out. Will Hernandez was one of those one guys of those. that stood oh, yeah. out. Oh yeah. When he gets on the stage to do bench press, it was like, who is that yep. guy? Yeah. And then he did thirty-seven reps, and you're like, oh, he's very strong. Yes. Right? And he was fast, and I, I think that he is a guy that somebody he's is going to be guy. very happy with. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they draft him at, you know, you can't draft a guard in the top ten, even though somebody's going to draft. Um, Quentin Nelson? Nelson. Yeah. Uh, I almost said Quentin Murray, but that's a guy <laughs> that I knew from high school. So unless he got <laughs> really he good. Uh, yeah. So the thing is, is that these guys, they're going to be proficient NFL players. And a guy like Will Hernandez, I think, is going to get the job done. I think another guy is Justin Reed, the safety from yep. Stanford, yep. Um, I think is going to be a good NFL player. And it's an, it's one of those things where does he fit at the 24th pick? Maybe not, but I'm not sure that he's going to be there at the 55th pick. Well, uh, I mean, he's a guy. He's a 4'4". Mm-hmm. He's strong. He's 36 and a half vertical. Um, you know, he, he has a, he has a height, uh, six, uh, 6 feet, 207. So he's got the size, and, and I agree with you. That's one of those positions. That is best player available because we have so many needs. Yep. If at that point, let's say Hernandez is gone, and then this 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 safety is gone, and but you still have the you know, and, and the two wide receivers that you were picking in the first round uh, as first round picks are gone, maybe a tight end from Penn State. I mean, you see, you know, if if, if after the the combine, the the experts believe that he's the guy or the guy from Dakota, South sure. Dakota, you know, yeah. somebody like that. So we'll uh, see. I think that they're you're you're absolutely right. I think that it is kind of best posi- best player available at like five positions. Yeah. Defensive end, safety, wide receiver, maybe tight end. Yes. Um, I wouldn't go as far as running back because it's such a deep class that you I can agree. find somebody in the second or the third third so round. Let me ask both of you this. If the Panthers hypothetically do not re-sign Andrew Norwell and they do not make a big veteran splash wide receiver, does that change the best player available at five positions? Does it become maybe two or three positions, or does that not have any effect on it whatsoever? In your opinion, I I don't think so. I think that it, this team could use if there's a first round pick that has enough talent that can help you right now at wide receiver, tight end, offensive line, defensive line, or safety, and that's five. I, like I said, I don't think there's one running back, but so, if there was one, maybe. But you, at least you have five. Where to me, any of those guys can help you. You pick them if you have them. So I, if you want to look at the bright side of the Panthers having so many holes, they need to. They, have they need so to many draft. They need to draft a starter. Outlook. No, but I'm, but my point is, at and Marty has always they, done well in the first round. At so 24, I'm, they have to draft you know, a, somebody who can come in and start, and they've yes. got several opportunities at those positions to go after the best player available to Correct. come in and be a, a day one starter. So that's. That's actually a positive thing if you want to spin it that way. And as I just mentioned, I think, you know, 
you can if if you're not uh, the type of guy that likes to be in the Herney camp, I, I like Herney. I think especially now what he's shown the second time around, I think he's learned from his mistakes. But the one thing that he was always good on was first round picks. You can go back and look at his you know ten or so years that he was here, and he's been great first round pick. So I'm confident that whoever we picked with that 24, this is a guy that will contribute right away. I, I agree with you. I think that uh, Ron especially has shown that he is not scared to play guys, play rookies immediately. Yeah. You know, uh, last year you had Curtis Samuel and Christian McCaffrey are a huge part of the offense. The year before you have the two starting corners essentially are rookies. You, you go back through Devin his... Devin Funches. Yeah, Devin Funches. It's, it's every, I mean, going all the way back to Cam Newton. Ron Rivera is not scared to make a huge part of this Carolina Panthers team a rookie and jump in and kind of trial by fire. And I think that whoever they are going to pick at 24 is going to be starting for them. And I think there's a chance that whoever they pick at 55 is going to be starting for them too. At the very least is going to be part of their... They're not drafting a Taylor Moten to come in behind... Taylor Moten is basically here to replace... Uh, Daryl Williams when Daryl Williams leaves, right? Like that's that's kind of in, in my mind, I think anyway. Or Matt Khalil, if well, or the other, I think that maybe there was a long term idea of having at one point maybe move Daryl Williams to left tackle, right, and then put Moen on the right tackle, and that is just a matter of how versatile these guys are, and 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 I think with the the, the coaching staff that we have, that can happen. I and mean, we've seen a Trey play Trey Turner play right tackle when we needed him. Silatolu was flexible and played in different positions. And we had three guys that played at center at different times in the last sure. two years. And the team, and you could see some some differences, but you know nobody's not everybody's Ryan Khalil. So to have somebody like Ratkowski uh, against the defense like the LA Rams a couple years ago and the way he played, that's why he got the ball afterwards. And then Larson, an, under, uh, an undrafted free agent, rookie free agent. So Isn't it funny, like guys like Gino Gratkowski are – you know, 18 months from being the starting center of the Panthers, and I had completely forgotten that he was on the team at all. Like, until you just mentioned his name. Because he went on IR last year before yeah. he even started. Uh, so, so you yeah. don't even think about him as part of – but he is – you know, he was a serviceable NFL oh, center. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so even then – in it, Baltimore. You know, you look at these guys that are – that are that were on IR for all of last year, even like a Zach Sanchez. I'm not saying Zach Sanchez is the – star of our, of the cornerback unit but these guys are coming back Cornelder, cole luke deshaun hall deshaun hall mm-hmm. they're basically an extra draft picks that you're getting deshaun yeah. hall is going is was a third round pick like Corn a Elder, exactly Cornelder is going to be able to contribute at cornerback so you may not have to go out and draft a cornerback in the early rounds i do think they probably need to add somebody to that cornerback room it's just really young that's the wide receiver and cornerback are just there's like there's nobody over 27 except for Captain. We need somebody that shaves their head to hide the gray <laughs> in the wide receiver room and in the cornerback room. Like that's that's going to be the thing. If you see the Panthers signing somebody with a bald head, that's probably good news. Yeah, Julius is the only one that age that doesn't gray. I mean, he right? No, well, he doesn't <laughs> play. And he also doesn't, he doesn't play doesn't like his age sign. anyway. I mean, he's you look at him and you look, you get to look at him in the locker room and you're like, man, he looks even more fit than when he was younger. Just all things considered. And going back real quick to you know best player available, I would even add if you have somebody like Malik Jackson from Texas <laughs> available with that 24 round pick, 24 pick in the first round. I mean, you take a shot at him as well because. You know, you know how much longer TD. I know he, he's yep. the bionic man, but 
gets to a point where you know he takes less reps. Well, he's and, even said this is his last year, right? Correct. And then he got Shaq Thompson and Luke Kuechly, and and that you know you still can consider that one of the best in the league. But you're always one injury away from not being the best in the league, so you need the depth. Yeah, I mean that the the linebacker position. We don't have a Jake Klein anymore. No, no, it's true. And and David Mayo stepped in, and he's a, yeah. he's a good backup. Yep. But yep. then when TD missed some games last year, you had basically Colin Jones taking over that linebacker spot as yeah. because they didn't think Ben Jacobs was okay. They didn't, you know, they uh, maybe a guy like <clears throat> excuse me. Jeremy Cash before he had gotten hurt and then was on to the Bills practice squad like every other former and then the Panther. Jets. Bills, yeah. Jets, and someone else. Yeah, yeah. Him. But it's always a good sign when you're on three different teams in one season. But uh I think that it's there are a lot of guys that they need the Panthers need to make moves to make depth. And I don't think that just bringing it full circle, that throwing fourteen million dollars at Allen Robinson or Sammy Watkins is how you get you improve your depth. That's how you make one position the absolute it has to work you have if you sign Sammy Watkins to that he has to have a huge season or else you're screwed basically agreed yeah and you're hoping that with with the new change at at offensive coordinator you have guys that have shown I mean Devin Funches has shown that he can do the job he can almost be a number one if he applies himself and he gets better. Curtis Samuel, if he can come back after that injury, he's shown that he can contribute during the game. Damir Bird, the same thing. So you need, like I said, you need maybe a guy that you can develop in, in the draft and a veteran that has the experience. Um, maybe a Mike Wallace, somebody like that who's been in a Super Bowl team. who has played for North Turner. Correct, and has played with multiple teams, and he's sort of been – above average and every, everywhere he's been and like I said he has a he has a rank so that's always a good good thing to have yeah uh who do you like at running back in this year's draft of course Chubbs yeah I like I like, you like uh, Chubb yeah okay. oh yeah I, and and uh Barkley from from Penn State well, those sure, two guys yeah. obviously are going to be the guys that I don't think either one I, I saw I did see one draft a muck draft where they had Chubbs available at 24th at um I think somebody's going to fall to 24 that is that nobody thought was going to be available. But my question is how many and, you know, something probably we can't answer because we're not the experts, but how many running backs from that combine are after the combine could still consider first round talent? Uh, I I mean, one for sure. So it's like you look at Chubb, Michelle, Michelle, like, yeah, yeah, like these guys that are that are good. But would it surprise you to see them available at 55? It wouldn't surprise me to see those guys available at 55. So do the, do you then go out and say, is there a huge difference between uh, a Sony Michelle and a Rashad Penny in the fifth round? Now, yeah. Penny is a bad example because he's a little bit too much like Christian McCaffrey. But I, How I th- about a Scarborough from Alabama? Yeah, you know, yeah. That's a guy that's over six feet, over 220, you know, weight-wise, and four or five speed, so... Any of those guys, to me, might be available in the third and fourth round. And unless you have Barkley or even Chubbs available and with the 24 pick, I don't think any of the other guys will be in the first – will be selections in the first round. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that there are guys that might fall. Um, if if Vita Vey falls, you can oh see boy. me dancing in the streets, uh, swinging my shirt around like a helicopter because yeah. That's he's, your guy, right? he's probably my favorite guy in the draft. He is – humongous he is going to be 
a star from the defensive. Like, he's going to be Fletcher Cox, for sure. He's really, really big. He's really, really strong. He's, he's really, fast. really fast. He used to play he played running back in high school, that's, chasing down guys. Hey, that was guys. like me, man. I was 275 running the ball, a Catholic. So. Oh, man. I wouldn't get in front of that <laughs> as no, a high school yeah, kid. No. Or now. I'm terrified of you right now. <laughs> I opened the door, and I was like, holy cow. Yeah. Luis, is in, Luis could probably put a helmet I will on say, right well, now. Well, right? I will say that I am in better shape now than I was 21, and I'm about to be 40 next month. So Wow. Good for you. Yes. How yes. do you think you would do at like the combine drills? Like, How fast do you think you could run a 40 right now? Right now, I'd say low fives. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, I'd say yeah. about five two, five three. Yeah, yeah. I was always pretty fast for being because I was always in high school. You know, I, I ran the ball two seventy five my my senior year, and I still ran about a four eight. So. But you were a running back, so you need yeah. that ten yard split to be that. That's the most important part. Correct, correct. That's so all we need. we may or may not. I can probably make it happen. Have a spot on our uh, flag football team there in the go. Panthers oh. weekend warriors. It's the couch potato division, so you might be disqualified. But <laughs> I, I we'll, think uh, we'll throw like a fat the, suit on. Yeah, you he something. would walk in the door and be like, no, 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 no. Listen, we'll okay, no, I'll, I'll show you a picture of me when I was uh, three twenty five. That was five years ago. Three twenty five. Three twenty five. I was about hundred pounds heavier. Yes. Uh, I can't picture. So, it. Listen, you can. Uh, you show them that picture, and yeah. then you can just say, and I'll, I'll show up and say, I just lost the weight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that is me. Sweat that is me. For, How did you lose that weight? Just, just changing my eating habits, just different lifestyle and exercise every day. Everybody wants a, when you lose weight, everybody wants like a, a story, like a secret. Like, what did you do? And it's like, a diet and exercise, Well, the one thing, and, and, like, and, and just because you asked me, but I, I, I have been taking something. It's, it's this, this product that since I think June, July last year, actually, you know who takes it with me and who introduced me to Don't it? Don't say Charles Johnson. Jenna Gribble. Oh yeah, no kidding. <laughs> All right. No, Don't it's legal. Charles. It's legal. It's actually it's actually being so approved you won't be by disqualified Wada. No, for it's our actually team. it was Perfect. it was it's owned by Corgenics. It's called SmartCore, and it was part of the Strongest Men competition. They were the main sponsor this past year in Botswana in okay. South Africa. Or in Africa, I should say, but yeah. And so Jenna turned you on to it. Yeah, and she was, and I've been taking it, and it's just this little She's liquid. She's been working hard it. too, right? Yeah, man, and it's one of those things where you take it first thing in the morning. It's a little pouch. It's 1.4 ounces. Um, tastes like cough syrup. I mean, you take Jaeger, you take those things, and they're not good for you. So, <laughs> hey, you know. Yeah, so this this <laughs> one tastes worse, but <laughs> is better it for It is you. good for you, correct. The results are a lot better. And you take it in the morning, and it's protein. It's, it's, it's collagen, which is animal protein. So when you t- put that in your body first thing rather than a carbohydrate, your metabolism speeds up and your appetite decreases and you just have energy all day long. Hmm. It really has helped. I really need some of that because I drink I'm about 12 cups of coffee. Well, that's what I tell people. I said it costs $4 a day. How much is a Red Bull? How much is a Monster? How much yeah. is a five-hour energy? And they're not even good for you. Yeah. No, you know that's, what I mean? So. You're absolutely right. Uh, I wanted to ask you kind of a favor. I know that your partner does mostly the – Nicknames, right? It's yes. Not, well, he, he he's the one that comes up with them, most of them. But yeah, we, we we've come up with some together. Do you guys? Okay. So so if you wanted to give maybe Zach a nickname, Whoa. could you come up with something on the spot? Could I put you in that kind of position? And... El, el, el jefe de la pandilla. Oh, I love oh, it. Oh man, I don't know what it means, but it sounds great. El jefe de la pandilla. That's the, how I'm gonna. The the chief of the gang. Ah, oh yes, yeah. I love it. I need to get that on a shirt. There you go. We're doing Tra- it. Trademark it. El jefe de la pandilla. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Luis, thank you so much for coming. Absolutely. In, and uh, we enjoyed you uh, being here. Just tell us a little bit about the camp, and can people kind of find out and follow what's going on? And well, yeah, the one thing you can always do is is go to Los Panthers, or also my page, my pages on 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 Facebook, on Twitter, and Instagram is Luis 
Luis Marino or Luis Junior Forty. That's my handle at Twitter. Okay. And we'll be showing all kinds of pictures. But basically, this year, the guys representing the Panthers and the Carolinas are are Frank Garcia and Eugene Robinson coming with with Jamie and myself. We kind of represent the broadcasting where we have in some some broadcasting shops down there for for people that want to learn from us. Mm-hmm. And alongside with us, we'll have Martavius Bryan from the Steelers. We'll have uh, Jalen Smith from the Cowboys, and the big feature this year is Zeke Elliott. Oh will wow, be down there. that is so a big feature. Yeah. Big feature. He'll be the the, the main guy down there. Uh, it will start on the sixth of April. We fly there Thursday the fifth. We start the sixth Friday, the sixth and the seventh Saturday, and then we come back on Sunday. That's great, man. We love that. We'll definitely be following along and uh, you know, and, and, and keeping track of it. Well, and, thank you. You know, we appreciate you guys so much. You guys got a, a ton of fans, and you yes. know, when you and Jaime came out to our uh, our Super Bowl party out yes, in San Francisco, a lot of fun. Um, that was a lot of fun. It was it was a, a few more people than we expected. It oh, got a little right. wild in there. Oh, right? That was great for us. Trust me, we, we we're not complaining at this, all. This venue probably comfortably held maybe 150 people, and we had four or five hundred. Yeah, it people. took me about 30 Holy minutes cow. to find. Yeah, him. well, the line for the the beers wrapped around the whole place. Probably a 25 30 minute wait to get a drink nobody came well, on that no one, same no day, one was upset a few feet away metallica was playing yeah they were playing at the at the ballpark yep. across the street the giants wow. ballpark. yeah so we, we appreciate you guys and uh you know when they uh anytime when the nfl announces that mexico city game you know we're definitely i want to get you and we'll i d- oh, yes. and make sure we'll you're there and we'll we do be some good there. parties together and, and get some uh some of the mexican and hopefully fans we'll do this uh before the super bowl this year where the panthers will be playing yeah, yeah let's like hope that. so uh, so for uh, myself, Josh Klein, for Luis Moreno, and for La Jefe, El, El Jefe. Jefe. El Jefe de la Pandilla. El Jefe oh, de la Pandilla. <laughs> Zach Luttrell. <laughs> Thank you guys for joining us. Go Panthers. See you next time. <laughs>